0: The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.
1: Maybe like the funniest Christmas gift of all was that uh, our daughter got my husband a large spoon which says, Dad's Ice Cream Shovel which tells you just how much William loves his ice cream. But he hasn't been eating that much lately. Lost a bunch of weight. He's feeling really chipper. You know, wives always worry and husbands always worry when their spouses lose a lot of weight. It's like, hmm, who are you trying to impress? And then I realized he was actually just trying to impress me. How cool is that? Wants to make sure uh, that I stay madly in love with him. Although, trust me at this stage in my life it is not predicated on how he looks primarily i mean that certainly didn't hurt but uh, he's looking good feeling good and still needs an ice cream shovel so much has transpired in the last 24 hours that sometimes i don't know where I, and you know you hate to use this it's like the ultimate catchphrase i don't know where to begin but i don't I don't know if I should begin with domestic politics. I don't know if I should talk about the insanity of all these ongoing conflicts around the globe, uh, which we pay less and less attention to. It's almost like they're an afterthought. Now, today, we have uh, Hunter Biden back in the news, and it's crazy. The, The attorneys and Hunter Biden... They uh, showed up today. They made a surprise visit to Capitol Hill. There was a hearing, and this is the very first step towards holding this guy in contempt of Congress because he defied a congressional subpoena. Now, I don't know why it's so much more of a big deal to the media when they never cared about the people who were defying really unworthy subpoenas during any of the Trump investigations or impeachment hearings or anything else. So the president's son shows up at the oversight committee and he's sitting in the audience with a bunch of his attorneys, including Abby Lowell. And that sent the entire proceedings into chaos. Why? I don't know. One Republican, Representative Nancy Mace, uh, she of South Carolina, insisted that Hunter Biden be arrested because he's defied the subpoena. Marjorie Taylor Greene called him a coward because he left while she was speaking. And then, of course, Democratic lawmakers argued that uh, he should be allowed to speak publicly and not behind closed door. He's defending the fact that he has not complied with the subpoena that the Republicans issued and they ordered him to appear for a closed door testimony back in, I guess it was in December, yeah, last month. And his attorneys have said information from private interviews can be selectively leaked and manipulated by House Republicans and said he wants to testify in public. Well, guess what? That's what They did and do all the time, when they have control. So we'll see what happens. Uh, The chairman of the committee, James Comer, said uh, quite rightfully that uh, Mr. Biden doesn't make the rules; we make the rules. So the he and his attorneys left. They made a brief statement to reporters, and they said that uh, Hunter is a private was and is a private citizen, and that this is just an effort to use him as a surrogate to attack his father. Now let me remind you, they've been doing this to Donald Trump and his family for like eight years. And it didn't bother anybody. Well, it bothered me. But the only, you know, time it's a problem is if it's a Democrat who's being investigated. And in particular, if it's... Uh, anything to do with Joe Biden. Like, I've never seen anybody uh, being guarded and cared for in the manner that Joe Biden has been, and it makes me crazy because he's never even been good to the press, and he's definitely no good for America, but hey, that's a political opinion, and that's not where I was going, and that's not what I was talking about. But there were some other news items that really caught my attention today, and I'm looking around... Uh, I don't watch the television set, as most of you know, very infrequently. So, um, you know, when I see how they get away with saying anything they want about Donald Trump and turning it into a major story, it, it just, do they not realize that the more they do this, the more convinced so many of us are that, they're hiding stuff, you know. Now it's the uh, Dementing Don. Now they're referring to. Now they're giving nicknames to Donald Trump, like he used to give nicknames, or still does to everybody. Now it's the Dementing Don, who hopes the economy crashes. Uh, I I heard what he said, and I don't think that's what he was doing. Any more than I believe that people during the Trump era, even when they said things like, Well, we hope everything goes bad and we hope there's uh, you know, an unhealthy economy and we're glad COVID hit, I, I knew they were just being hyperbolic, right? So that that's that to me is very disturbing. I just don't trust the media at all. Never I haven't trusted them in years, but it's getting worse and worse and worse. And now I gotta read about, you know, who's huddling in, uh, where were they, I think, uh, Mexico. Now, not for nothing, people are trying to leave Mexico, but Governor Gavin Newsom and Clinton decided to huddle in Mexico. Bill Clinton, mind you, a man who right now uh, has to answer some questions, I would assume, about the revelations in these newly released court documents related to his relationship with the pedophile with Jerry uh, Jeffrey Epstein. And so where do they go? They go on a, you know, a little trip Bill and Hillary which is when I, even when I say them, we know they're not really a couple, but Bill and Hillary have been spotted on vacation in Mexico with Gavin and Jennifer Newsom. Now there's a, a an unlikely Double date. I'm sorry, they're completely different generations. They're staying at the Four Seasons Resort in Tamarindo. That's a beautiful, beautiful place. It's like a a private nature reserve, and it's in the western state of Jalisco. And the Clintons just left the Dominican Republic, uh, where they were meeting with I don't know the with a um the the presidents of Chile and uh, obviously the president of Mexico, and now they're soaking up the sun with Gavin Newsom and his wife. So you got this 77-year-old Bill Clinton, who since the beginning of, the, well, a- at least in the last couple of days since the Jeffrey Epstein documents were unsealed, he, he has been kind of keeping a low profile. One of the victims, uh, Johannes Soyberg, claimed that Epstein told her Clinton likes him young. Okay, so this is the conversations that are being had, again, by a demented media. It's not Don who's demented, it's the media. And then we know that he flew numerous times on Epstein's private jet, the Lolita Express. And we know that he was a big fan of Jeffrey Epstein was talk about a, a great philanthropist and how brilliant he was. Meanwhile, you know, we're hearing his name being raised. And uh, and yet the the way the media presents these stories, not one of these women, including this Soyberg, has ever even, according to them, met Clinton. Not one of the victims of Epstein's victims have accused Bill Clinton of anything. Now, how is that possible? What was, uh, you know, what was he doing uh, in the pedophilia island? I'm just, I I struggle with how the media can completely ignore one story and completely overreach on another one. And, And we... We tolerate it. So there they are, Gavin and Bill and Jennifer and Hillary (laughs) on a little vacation. You know, like, like really, what do they have in common besides seeking unlimited power and all being aware that the current occupant of the White House is not only incapable of being president today, but definitely not capable of being president in the future and yet he's running again who are the big names in the democrat party right now well you're looking at two of them bill clinton and gavin newsom right so when they're meeting i really don't believe that it's because they're really lifelong friends and they just want to have a you know a a vacation together like that does not make sense to anybody so really this is about what's next I get it. They wanna be uh, in in good position for the replacement of Joe Biden. And I'm beginning to think more and more that that is inevitable. I mean, these dark speeches, these uh, negative comments about him coming out of members of his own party, even members of the media, although not enough. The members of the media still feel like they gotta defend this guy and cover up for him. I don't know what that's all about, except that they're Democrats. But all of this, you know hiding from the public that Bill and Hillary have been doing for the last two weeks apparently is over, and now they're staying in this this hotel where the rooms begin at eight hundred dollars a night. They're meeting with Gavin. Um, I don't know who the next candidate in line is going to be. We all know that if things were normal, which they're not, Kamala Harris would be the one that you would expect to replace Joe Biden. Should he decide, although I don't think he'll decide, but whoever makes these decisions for him, if they decide that he's out, then how do you get past one Kamala Harris, the current vice president? I don't know how you do that and retain any kind of face or credibility. Now, of course, yesterday they started floating the name Michelle Obama. Would that be the answer? Because again, you'd at least be duplicating the most important criteria, which is her race and her gender, okay? So I, I think that's the whole story. about But the more I think about Michelle Obama making such a decision and deciding to jump in this race, the less I believe that's gonna happen. Why? Why would you do that? You've got like the number one selling book Two years running, you've got more money than anybody ever dreamed of. I mean, you're not Jeff Bezos, but you're just about. You've got beautiful homes in Hawaii and Martha's Vineyard and DC and New York, wherever you want to be, you can be. When well, would you go back to a life of criticism and pressure and stress? for a country that you don't really even like. I mean, those were her words, not mine. She was never proud of America till Obama got elected, her husband got elected, and she wasn't proud of it once he was not in the White House. So why would you run and give up this incredibly wonderful life that you have? It doesn't make any sense to me. Not that that doesn't mean it's not gonna happen, it might. You know, All bets are off when it comes to modern politics. The boy, the talk and the buzz about Newsom, a man who I can't see being attractive to the middle of America at all, probably the least attractive candidate the Democrats could come up with, they'd almost be better off with Buttigieg, but they wouldn't be better off with him. So I don't know. This is gonna be the most interesting election season ever. I can say that. And I'm gonna give it my all because this is, this is, does America survive or not? That's what's at stake. Don't forget to download the app, the 850 WFTL app. That way you can get all the breaking news stories and you can listen to the podcasts and you'll know what's going on behind the scenes. And right now we've got some contests running. You could, um, you could win a four pack of tickets to dive into the fun at the South Florida Fair. That's gonna be taking place January 12th through the 28th. So there's quite a bit of time. You know, in two days it begins and then it's gonna run for some time. So if you wanna enter to win, just go to the app, the 850WFTL app or go to the website 850WFTL.com. Let me take a quick break. I will be right back. All right, I don't get it, but tonight there are just going to be two people on the debate stage, really. Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis will be going up against one another tonight. Now, the only other person, apparently, who even qualified was Donald Trump, and we know that he has no reason to do it. He's not He's not going to do it. Um they needed to have 10% in some kind of poll. So at nine o'clock tonight, CNN is going to host <laughs> a debate between Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. And my question to you is, do you have any intention of watching that? I don't even know what else is on television. And as I pointed out over and over again, I'm not a big television watcher anyway, but I can't think of anybody who would watch that. If by now you haven't figured out what these two people stand for, you're too stupid to vote, you know, and just leave it alone. Leave it for the people who are paying attention. Plus, this isn't this isn't the final say. The nomination is going to go to the candidate who doesn't, the one who wins the Iowa caucus. It's not going to the person who wins New Hampshire. It's going to the person who wins the general election. And right now there's only one Republican who is in a position where they could win a general election. And whether you like it or not, that's Donald Trump. So all of this watching I mean, what are we doing? Are we watching this to see if there's a potential VP candidate that emerges? Is someone gonna come? I don't believe that Donald Trump would pick either one of these people. He's too into the whole loyalty concept, which I, by the way, share with him. He can't trust either one of them. And he's not going to, um, You know, he doesn't have the same criteria as, for instance, the Democrats. I don't think he has to pick someone who's female or someone who is a person of color. He just doesn't think like that, which is why most of us actually really like him, because we understand that that's a load of uh, uh, BS. But after this one-on-one debate, we're gonna have a chance Well, first and foremost, is it going to be interesting at all? Because like all the memorable moments that I've seen clips of, because I didn't watch any of the debates, were between like Nikki Haley fighting with Vivek Ramaswamy, or it would be like Chris Christie tap dancing on the missing Donald Trump. So now those two guys aren't going to be there. And you're gonna have these two rather boring candidates. I'm sorry, you know, maybe it's just me, but I don't get inspired by Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis. I think that both of them have shown great leadership skill. Both of them did great jobs in the positions they've held in the past and that that he is currently holding as the governor of this state. But a debate between the two of them is like watching paint dry. They can't even really go after one another Because they both think the same way. I mean, their policies are identical. So what are they going to do? Say, who was closer to Donald Trump? I I really, I don't even know what the dynamic is. And the dynamic of there being a man and a woman on the stage, that's very important. Because in case you forgot, I can never forget the image where Donald Trump was alone on the stage with Hillary Clinton in 2016 for that debate. And even for Donald Trump, that was almost an impossible task. Any guy, particularly a strong and a loud voice, is going to look like they're towering over and dominating any female candidate. So then the female candidate gets shrill, or at least that's what Hillary Clinton did and what I suspect Nikki Haley would be forced to do. So this isn't even going to be you know, it's not even going to be pleasant to watch. How about that? It's not like we're going to find out anything we don't know. I just don't know why they are going ahead with it. I mean, they must really have nothing else to talk about. I mean, can't they keep talking about uh, uh, the congresswoman from Colorado who apparently was uh, punching her husband around? <laughs> I mean, that's- That's a fascinating kind of story. Not that I usually go for those, but there's an investigation going on because uh, Lauren Boebert, the representative from Colorado, were apparently at a restaurant and they got into a physical fight. And it was just this weekend, apparently on Saturday, she didn't punch him in the face and no one was arrested. I will be consulting with my lawyer about the false claims he made against me and evaluate all of my legal options. What, what kind of people have we become? That's a good question. It's a legitimate question. Where this is a, a, a fairly frequent happening where we have congressional member members of congress engaging in behavior that is grotesque it's just so wrong uh, men and women married couples having physical fights in public never mind when one of them is serving in congress currently and has now switched her congressional district so that she doesn't have to run against the democratic opponent who's got a lot more money than she does. The whole thing is too bizarre. The Miner's Claim is the name of the restaurant that issued a statement saying it's cooperating in the investigation. We fully cooperated with law enforcement and we will do that until the matter is resolved. But uh, nobody's talking. And, and, and the, her ex said, we're working through a very difficult time And we were working through a difficult conversation. I don't know what that means. Like, I have difficult conversations. They don't end up in fisticuffs and investigations by law enforcement. You know, that has gone past the conversation point, okay? But that's the, you know, that's a big story today. That's yet another example of how morally um, bankrupt we are as a nation. And I, I... you know, I like Lauren Boebert's politics. I like Lauren Boebert's uh, Second Amendment stand. But getting into fisticuffs with your ex at a restaurant, like what is that? That 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 scene of her with the boyfriend groping each other in the movie theater in the dark, What what's going on? Does anybody have any even um, desire to show some dignity? Now we got Jeffrey Epstein's brother who's going after Bill Barr. And by the way, go ahead, go after Bill Barr. I got a lot to go after Bill Barr for myself. I think he's a scoundrel, I really do. I think he must, at the very least, he's a liar. And at the most, he had a lot of people fooled for a long time, But now, including me. But now we got Jeffrey Epstein's brother saying that he covered up the death of Jeffrey Epstein, and he poses the question, who was he protecting? Now that's a a pretty interesting allegation, right? Covering up a death, the Attorney General of the United States, and, and the question is being posed by Mark Epstein, and he was on some News Nation show with Leland Vittert, and he criticized Bill Barr for announcing back in, uh, I guess August in 2019, that his brother had died from an apparent suicide when he really wasn't, it wasn't his job to do that. And that they had not even conducted an investigation and certainly not one properly. So here we go, you got this perfect storm of screw ups according to Epstein's brother. But did he commit suicide or not? And if he didn't, was it because the attorney general was covering up for, I mean, pick your candidate, Donald Trump, who was known to have been on the island, or former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, whose husband was on the island? And then the brother goes, hey, look, I wasn't involved in his day-to-day life, so I don't know. What do you mean you weren't involved in his day-to-day life? The guy was a multimillionaire. millionaire, was probably supporting most of the family. Was uh, known for his sexual impeccadillos and you didn't know anything about it and you're worried about who Bill Barr is protecting? Give me a break. They're, they're all just so disgusting. There's no other word for it. Politics in America has become disgusting and embarrassing. And if you're not embarrassed by it, then you're disgusting. Anyway, I got to take a break. I will be talking with uh, a a gentleman from North Carolina who's going to be running in a congressional race if he gets the nomination. And why I'll be talking with him um, because it's political season and anybody who reaches out is going to get airtime. I I have no idea what what he hopes to accomplish by speaking to the South Florida audience, but gay, you know what? I want to hear what he has to say. Stay right where you are. So while we're busy worrying about, you know, whether or not Lauren Bovert and her husband are having marital difficulties, Ecuador has erupted in a civil war with these cartel thugs. And the president of Ecuador has now ordered the army onto the streets. And you got these crazed criminals rampaging through cities. Yesterday, everybody was watching as they, uh, the TV station was seized. They attacked the university. They have a, a whole bunch of jail guards that were executed after a mob boss escaped. The gang leader, Adolfo Fito Macias, prison escape sparked all this violence in Ecuador. I don't know if you watched any of that video of these armed men breaking into the set of a live TV show and threatening people. Everybody was terrified. And so, yeah, they got this young president, Daniel Naval, 36 years old, and this is what he's got to deal with. So he ordered the army onto the streets. If you're planning on a, you know traveling to Ecuador, you might want to change your your, your travel plans. Because they're in a state of civil war right now. And the cartel thugs, they said they're gonna fight to the death. So you got these crazy criminals all over the cities, state of emergency. Yeah. Everywhere I turn, whether it's the Houthis, or whether I look at what's happening in Israel, Or if I just look at college campuses in America, the level of violence and anger and acceptance of the violence and anger is stunning. Hooded gangsters seizing a state-run TV news studio? This is like the kind of stuff, I don't know how many of you watch these apocalyptic shows that are all over the place now. I must admit, my husband has a penchant for these shows where the everything looks like Mad Max these days on television. It's probably one of the reasons I don't watch any. Um, but it's actually happening. It's not just a movie anymore. It's happening in Ecuador. If you're traveling right now, South America is not necessarily a place you want to spend any time. You've got... Enormous amounts of angry people being faced down by angrier military. I'm looking at these scenes of armored vehicles on the roads in Ecuador. And, and, and you look and there's like a couple walking down the street, you know, she's wearing a business apparel and he's wearing a suit and tie and they're carrying their briefcases and they're walking alongside of like three or four armored trucks. I, I saw a, an interview online with the host of the TV show that was involved in the attack, the on-air attack. And all he could say, he he was, fortunately, because I speak Spanish, I was able to understand what he was saying. He said, I'm just, you know, thanking God that I'm alive because it was an extremely violent attack. And imagine who expects that? Is that now par for the course for people in television and radio? Because if it is, I didn't sign up for that. I don't know about the rest of you. 33 years into my radio career, Like I really, I've had my ups and downs. I've had those times when I felt threatened or things were a little bit uh, scary at public places. But uh, hooded guys with guns storming the studio, I'm not up for that. They don't pay me enough for that. Anyway, don't forget that uh, following this program, Eric Erickson is coming your way along uh, with that, you'll see Joe Pags and Lars Larson, the Red Eye Radio guys. And then, of course, tomorrow morning it begins all over again with Jen and Bill in the South Florida Morning Show, followed by Brian Kilmeade. Dan Bongino, and then of course I come back. But I still have a segment left and I'm going to be speaking with Matt Shoemaker. So you stay right where you are. It's election season and we've got to figure out how we win the next election. I'll be right back. During this election season, I'm going to be featuring candidates from around the country, even though they're not particularly relevant to you. You don't get to vote for them. But the dynamic has to be one in which we examine what we're looking for. Going forward, what kind of men and women should be serving? I mean, when I have to report on news like, you know, a a congresswoman punching her husband in the face at dinner, or some of the other insanity, the son of a president who uh, likes to post pictures of himself with a crack pipe, you know, I'd like to see some sort of return to some kind of dignity in Congress. And so I'll bring on candidates who I think may represent. A return to that. The first one today is Matt Shoemaker. He is running for uh, the, the House of Representatives from the state of North Carolina. I don't know exactly where your district is, Matt, so maybe you could tell us.
0: Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for having me on. I am running in North Carolina's 13th district. It's actually in the Raleigh area of the state. And as some of your listeners may know, North Carolina just redistricted uh, just redrew their district line. It is currently held by a Democrat, mm-hmm. but it is now an R plus 10 seat. So whoever wins the primary is effectively going to win the seat.
1: Okay. How many people are in this primary with you, Matt? Uh, oh, goodness.
0: Because of everything I just said, there are 14 of us <laughs> candidates in the race. Yeah. And I firmly believe that I am the best candidate for that. We actually just released some polling earlier this week and it turns out that I'm currently in the lead. So it's, it's absolutely wonderful news. I'm currently up against a number of attorneys and self-funders. Uh, and, you know, as a, as a veteran myself, I actually just got off active duty orders with the Navy, where I was most recently stationed down in Tampa at Central Command up until about six months ago. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm up against the donor class, but we're currently in the lead. So I need all the help and support I can absolutely get.
1: Now, let me ask you, I mean, your background, besides being military, is you've been in intelligence. You have actually worked as an intelligence officer. Describe that work in this current environment where, look, let's face it, uh, I feel as though the public knows very little of what's going on.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So I was an intelligence officer on the civilian side in the Defense Intelligence Agency. That is Essentially, the the Department of Defense's version of the CIA, and then a number of years later, I commissioned as a intelligence officer with the Navy, and so I got to do similar work um, in uniform, which was an absolutely phenomenal experience. Uh, now, what I mostly focused on was I was running intelligence operations against the Russians and the Chinese. I've been stationed all over the all over the world. I was I was stationed at one point in Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. I was stationed in England with European Command, Central Command. I was down at Quantico, Virginia at one point as well. And when it comes to the intelligence world, the best way of describing it, the work that you do, is it is the wilderness of mirrors. There is so much, um, there are many unknowns that one is dealing with. You're, you're essentially trying to, to create a mosaic a picture if you will from all of the different sources of information that you're getting and you're trying to present that information to the operations side for them to act on it to take out any targets that they need to and it's also you know that that picture that you're painting is is meant to be meant to be read by the highest elements of our government including the president and the secretary of defense so The the information that I dealt with, the operations that I led, the people that I worked with was absolutely phenomenal work. Uh, And it really prepared me for how to deal um, with being a member of the House of Representatives, of bringing that experience to Washington and to represent the people of the 13th District, because there's certainly no shortage of problems this country is facing domestically and internationally. We need someone who's able to do it, who's young enough, I'm 35, to do it, and I've got the experience, the passion, and the energy for it.
1: Yeah, and we certainly have enough lawyers up there already. So yeah. if you're running against a bunch of lawyers, we don't need to, to bring any more of that complication. Because to me, I look at the legislation Absolutely. that they craft, you know, 2,000 pages. Uh, half of the stuff could be done in five pages. And if it couldn't be done in five pages, then what is what is the purpose? So, yeah, we could use a little yeah. intelligence in, in uh in Washington, D.C. Uh, what kind of support are you finding in your district?
0: So the support that we're getting is, is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm currently leading in the polls. And one of the things that, that really is marking my campaign and setting me apart, I think, amongst average voters is that we are just tired of this, you know, older political class of, of candidates who, you know, for all of their virtues and and, and any experiences that they bring to the table, you know, it in many ways is, the best way I describe it is institutionalized thinking. It's Doing the same sort of activities, doing the same sort of thing over and over again and expecting a different result. I know we Republicans in particular are, are more than guilty of that, especially the way that we conduct campaigns. In many ways, the type of campaigns that the Republican Party is waging are the types of campaigns that would have been useful 20 years ago, not nowadays. They're not reaching the people that they need to. They're not using the mechanisms um, such as uh, digital advertising and such that they need to. They're doing it in a very ham-handed way. It's very unfortunate, and that's what I'm seeing a really wonderful response for. You know, one thing I found out in this campaign, I, I mentioned it a number of times during my stump speech, is, Joe Biden was born closer to Abraham Lincoln's administration than to his own. It's a phenomenal, it really is a, a really impressive sort of statistic when you actually think about it. And it's, it's unfortunate and sad, though, too, that he doesn't feel um, that he's willing to let go of the reins and bring about a new generation of Americans into leadership.
1: Mm-hmm. What about Donald Trump? I mean, obviously, he is leading the field of candidates right now. Tonight, there'll be a debate between Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis, a governor who I think is a great governor but did not want to run for this uh, presidency. And, you know, what, hap- what is the point? Did the Republican Party understand that it's time to coalesce behind a candidate? It
0: seems to be that that's the case. The way that I think— that this um, primary is being viewed, whether overtly or, or subconsciously amongst the Republican electorate, is in many ways, this is almost like uh, a Donald Trump re-election campaign. And most of the time when when a, a sitting president, at least, is running for re-election, very rarely does he, he receive any significant challengers. Um, and I, I have a feeling that that's the way that the Republican electorate is Subconsciously viewing this this primary campaign as almost like a re-election for, for for Donald Trump, which is perhaps why Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley uh, have not been getting the the sort of widespread support that I think they might have uh, anticipated.
1: Yeah, and I think that uh, the Democrats and the media have just annoyed and uh, and made MAGA people like me so angry that we have stopped listening, you know, and we're just, we've dug in our heels. But now, how do people find out more about you? The website is what, VoteMJS.com?
0: Yes, ma'am. VoteMJS.com is my website. You can find me on Twitter at VoteMJS, and my Facebook is Matt Shoemaker for Congress. I would absolutely love to have any support that you guys can provide. I'm up against the donor class. I'm leading in the polls, but let's keep it that way. So thank you so much for this.
1: I appreciate it. I, and like I, I said, I'm trying to bring forth some new thinking because this is a, we always say it, but this really is the most important election I've ever had to uh, endure. And we need some some fresh new thinking in Washington. Thanks so much, Matt, for coming on. I'm sure we'll talk again.
0: Thank you so much for having me. Have a good day.
1: You too. All right, so you can visit his website, votemjs.com. dot com. His name is Matt Shoemaker. He was introduced to me through a, a, a member of a, a Florida delegation, of a local delegation. So uh, he is he's definitely star star quality. And if anybody thinks we don't need some people with some military experience in uh, in the Congress, then you are not paying attention because we got a lot of military. And we've got a Department of Defense that looks to be fairly dysfunctional right now. They can't even uh, find the Secretary of Defense for days. And apparently that's not supposed to be a source of concern for anyone. I'm still stymied by that. But uh, we now know that the Secretary of Defense had a prostate surgery and then there were some complications and he was uh, in intensive care for days before anyone knew. How does that happen? You know, you can't keep, uh, what's what's their names, uh, the Kardashians out of the news for 20 minutes. But the Secretary of Defense can disappear for five days. That doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense. And I, I know that you're not buying it either. I'm not buying it. So that's what's going on. We've got an election. We've got uh, chaos in the Middle East and chaos in South America as well. So I thank you for your time but this time until next time. And my plan is to be back here tomorrow at three o'clock if it be his will and he delays his coming. Remember what lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. And then as I always say, may God bless you. And may God bless the United States of America. I will see you tomorrow.
0: The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.